Yeah, so that's, that's Love, Grow, Serve. Um, for those who are new to us, that's what we believe in. That's our DNA. And from the sharing, from the growing in the word, from the giving and supporting uh, Dreams of Hope Foundation, that is a snapshot of what Love, Grow, Serve can be. So thank you, Lady Swan, uh, for your vision. And thank you again to everybody who had a part in making that happen on yesterday. Just a couple of quick other announcements and we'll jump into the word. Uh, so we are, and I say we, Lady Swan and I are going to have a meet and greet on next Sunday. And the meet and greet on next Sunday, right after the service, is for everyone who has joined the church during the pandemic. Uh, because normally uh, for our starting point, our new members orientation, we normally meet with you in person. Um, but because of the pandemic, we had to do a virtual experience and so if you join the church from March of 2020 until now, would you please stand? Let me see who's in the room. If you joined the church from March of 2020 until now. Come on, y'all. Let's give God a big clap off in the praise. So next Sunday, next Sunday, we want to meet with all of you uh, right after the service is over. You do need to, and I know, I know we are allergic to these four letters, RSVP. I know we are allergic, but I need you to RSVP, the numbers on the screen, so that we can know how many people to expect. We want to have some refreshments and just kind of get to know you, and then you can get to know some of the others who have joined in the same time frame because we like to really hug and kind of greet, and we, we weren't able to do that during the pandemic season and during starting point, and so we want to take this time. So if you're watching and you are able to make it to this uh, next Sunday, please RSVP. If you're watching and you join online and you're not able to make it because you don't live in this area, don't worry. We'll have an opportunity uh, to still connect with you as well. But for next Sunday, if you're able to make it to the building, please, please come on out. Please RSVP so we know how many people to expect. We look forward to seeing you on next Sunday. Now, let me cast some vision and then we'll get into the word. So um, I have been doing a big push um, for the last, since I've been back, on, on serving. And, and again, the focal points, put that first slide up, Bill, for me, please. The, the focal points for the rest of the year is for every Ivy family member to find and develop their spiritual fruit, develop their spiritual gifts, and to exercise your fruit and gift in a ministry context. So what does that mean? That means simply, you have some things in you that are valuable to our church. Every last one of you who call yourself a child of God, you have something valuable. And we want to find a connecting point for you to serve. When I look at our church, Love, Grow, Serve, the weakest of the three collectively is serve. I like to see more people engaged in the life and service of the ministry. So this is what kingdom service is. Kingdom service is that we, we find the place that kind of fits who we are and how we are, and we do it uh, in ministry with other people. But here's the key. The key isn't that I just want you to sign up. That's not the key. The key isn't that I just want you to do ministry. No, nope, that's not it. The ultimate goal of why I want you to be engaged in ministry is because of what church really is supposed to be. It is supposed to be a community of people where we do life together. We don't just come up here to sing songs and we don't just come up here to sit beside somebody and we don't just come up to usher together. That's not really what church is supposed to be. It is supposed to be the place where as we sing, as we usher, as we do ministry, we also do life together. So yesterday was an example of that with the women's fellowship. There was an opportunity for women to gather and to sit and to talk and to share and hopefully out of that experience, there have been some, at least some initial bonds that have been formed where now you can start considering talking and engaging with people, not just here in the building, but outside of the church where you're also doing life 
with people. That's what happened in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, it said that they broke bread and they went from house to house daily, fellowshipping with one another. And the Lord added to the church daily. Why? Because they considered ministry as doing life together. So let me show you this picture that we have up here. This picture is from our associate ministers. And our associate ministers um, have made it a point to do life together. So this past Friday, uh, all of the associate ministers uh, gathered uh, those who were able and they went out uh, to a restaurant. And they had dinner together, them and their spouses. And what they determined was uh, every month they collectively are going to do something together. So why is that important? Because it gets us out of church mode when you're doing life together. When you break bread with somebody, you take the church face off. You know, sometimes we come in here, we can, we can act real good for an hour and a half. We know how to do that. How you doing? Bless. Highly favored in the Lord. But when you break bread with somebody, you take all that away, right? And you really get to know people. And what you discover is that sometimes the people are no different than you. They have challenges just like you. They have things that they're trying to overcome just like you. And I pray that Ivy will become the place where if you have something that maybe you don't have in your family, that you can find it here. And it's not that we just come on Sundays to shout together, but we're doing life together. So I want to shout out the associate ministers who have committed to making sure that every month they want to do something away from the church where they can sit down and do an activity. Last month they did paint night. They went out and painted and uh, did different things. And so they are creative in what they want to do. I am prayerful that that's what's happening in the ministries. Not that you just show up to do a job or to do a ministry, but that you find people in the ministry you can do life with. So let me tell you what we offer here. And this is what's going to happen. Reverend Person is going to come up at the end of the sermon. And here is how you can get involved, okay? Um, because I've heard you. There's some people that say, Pastor, look, I want to serve. I got a lot of things going on. Um, but honestly, you know, my schedule is crazy. Had somebody on Wednesday night for Bible study. Said, look, I got children. They have activities. It's hard for me to be engaged during the week because I got to make sure that my family is taken care of. And I said to them, you're 100% correct. Your family is your first ministry. Here are the different ways that you can serve. Number one, there are 40 plus ministries here at the church. 40, over 40, of which you can engage in at different levels of participation. We also have what's called small life groups, which is what I highly recommend. Our women's ministry have uh, small groups. Our men's ministry have small groups. We call them huddles because nobody can do life on an island. And that's sometimes what happens. You can be in here, but that don't mean you're connected. And so if you have these groups and you're in a group with somebody that really is connecting with you and bonding and y'all are really getting to know each other on a deeper level, that can also be beneficial to you. We also have what's called community events, these tier one events. So the next one, I'm telling y'all now, is November 17th. It's the Thanksgiving feeding that we do every year. We're going to need lots of volunteers. We're going to do it at Heritage High School. We're going to serve the community like we've done in times past. This year, we're going to do it in the cafeteria like we did it before. Have people come in. They sit down. We serve the community. Let them know that they're loved and valued. So we're going to need lots of people to serve our community. So what I'm telling you is there are many different ways. And if you have limited amount of time, and Sundays is all that you have, the Reverend Person is going to tell you too how you can serve on a Sunday, and that, that'll be it. If you can't do it during the week because you're busy, and we understand that, but we want you to find your place because you matter. So at the end of the sermon, Reverend Person is going to come up each Sunday, and he's going to tell us where you have an opportunity to serve. All right? So thank you for that, and hopefully as we go through this series, we get more people connected and engaged because we need your gift we need your talent. We need your fruit. Having said that, let's all stand. Let's work on your fruit for just a second. Find three people, please, and just tell them you love them. Come on, find three people. Tell them you love them.
Online. I love y'all. Online. Y'all say I love you too to each other. Online. Come on. All right, y'all come back this way, please. I done lost half of y'all. What's up, boy? Love you, man. You good? Yep. All right, y'all, turn to your Bible. Trustee Smith, love you, sir. Turn to your Bible, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be in verses 4 through 7. And let me say... Um, y'all don't follow instructions at all. I just want y'all to know. I said turn and tell three people. Y'all hugging and all kinds of stuff. Come here, sugar. Come on over here, baby. <laughs> people walking from the back to the front. High five in the whole row. But I do like that kind of carrying on, though. That's how it's supposed to be. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. We're going from verse 4 to verse 7. And by the way, we'll be in 1 Corinthians 12 for a very long time. So if you want to read this chapter, I suggest you do so. There are different kinds of spirit. I'm New Living Translation. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. We'll stop there. You may be seated. Now, would you kindly smile at somebody and tell them, get up off of that thing. <laughs> No, the visitors is like, what kind of church is this? <laughs> Father, if you would please let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. God, you are my strength and my redeemer. Let everybody say amen. As I told you, we're starting this series on spiritual gifts and I also mentioned to you that I'm slow walking the series because I want to make sure that we have a firm understanding and grasp of how we're going to teach it and walk it out here. I respect the fact that there are people who have joined the church from other ministries where spiritual gifts were already taught or already have been in operation and you've been in environments where spiritual gifts, various spiritual gifts have been utilized. That's not necessarily the case here in all of them. So that's why I am taking my time going through this series. What I will also tell you, and this is full disclosure, is that one of the other reasons why I'm taking my time is because there are a lot of pastors, faith leaders, and I would also argue many within the Baptist denomination and others, but also in the Baptist denomination, that do not believe that spiritual gifts still exist today. And they take certain scriptures, and one of the arguments is, is that spiritual gifts for them was originally during the apostolic era, meaning when the original apostles lived and when they died, the spiritual gifts died with them. Some people also point out in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, right? It says down toward the end of 1 Corinthians 13 that where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there were prophecies, they will go away. And so there are people who believe that spiritual gifts were only for a particular point in history that they do not exist in full form today. I don't believe that. I do believe that spiritual gifts are in operation if they're used properly. And the problem that's been had in churches is that they have not been used properly, which therefore leads to confusion about how gifts should be done. So I'm saying that up front to I recognize that there might be some in the room who um, may or may not believe that spiritual gifts still exist.
today, but I do. So that's why I'm slow walking this series. Having said that, I want to start with you and what makes you, you. Put that first slide on the screen for me. So if we were to look at you and, and really what makes up you, there are many different things, but I want to kind of summarize some of them. So your personality in part is what makes you you. Now, obviously, your physical characteristics are in play here. So how tall you are, light, dark, hair, all that is important. But I'm getting into the personality aspect first. So personality is what makes you you. Some of you are extroverted. You're naturally fine just walking up to people and saying hello. Some of you are introverted. You like to be quiet and observant, and it takes you a minute to get to know people. And once you get to know them, then you'll open up and feel a little bit better. But you're not one that's just going to walk up on people. What makes you you is also your talents. And talents are not gifts. Talents are your natural abilities that you've had since birth. So as I've said before, singing is a talent. Drawing is a talent. Some people have the ability to do certain things naturally that you've had. That's a talent. Then also understand that your background has a huge part in what makes you you. Your education level. Your financial, socioeconomic status. If you were raised in an affluent neighborhood or if you were raised in the hood. All of that matters. Your family upbringing. Were you raised in a two-parent household? Single-parent household? Did your parents have a good marriage or not? Divorced or not? All of these things, these life experiences all come together to make you who you are. And here it is. When you come to God, God, you come to God with all of that. But here's the key. Your personality, God had already determined. Your talent, God had already determined. Your education and financial status and some of that stuff is some of the parts that you have played. But when you come to give your life to Christ, you bring to him all of you, not just the churchy you. And now God says, I accept all of that. And now I want to add to all of you to make you more than what you think you are. I want them to put that slide back on the screen so they can see it. So now here's what happens. When you get saved, God then adds to your list to make you you. He makes spiritual fruit and spiritual gifts as a part of you now. And it is the fruit and the gifts that now distinguish you as one being a child of God. Let me put this another way. You didn't lose your personality when you got saved. If you are an introvert before you got saved, you're going to be an introvert after you got saved. It doesn't change miraculously that you become some different being, but what God did was that he added some parts to you. This is what I like. See, because for so long, we have been convinced that in order to be in church, you got to act a certain way. You got to speak a certain way. You got to dress a certain way. You got to live a certain way. And scriptures ain't got nothing to say about that. Come on over here, Matthew. When Jesus selected um, Peter and Andrew, he walked up to them and he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Well, why was that important? Because by profession, they were already fishermen. Here's what Jesus was saying to them. I am going to take you, Lord have mercy, and I'm not going to shift the essence of who you are, but what I'm going to do is put some spirit in you. And then now the spirit is in you will enhance who you already are. So now you got spirit as you are an extrovert. So if you're comfortable walking up to people, talking to them naturally, if you got spirit in them, you might be also inclined to walk up to people to talk to them about God. Because that's your personality. If you got a talent to sing, 
well, how come you can't bring that talent up in the church to sing as well? But now I'm going to add some fruit to it. I'm going to add some gifts to it to make your singing better. This is what I'm trying to get y'all to understand. Because for so long in the church, we've tried to make everybody fit a particular description of what a Christian should be. And God said, no. That's our doing. And we're wrong for doing that. Because you can't be me. And guess what? I can't be you. And until we get this lesson, we're going to have people forced into trying to be something that they're not. Lord have mercy. I feel it now. What we got to do is to value who you are and how God has made you. And if God made you a little bit different than how you made me, I got to celebrate the fact that God is still in you. Uh, I wish I had somebody up in here that might say, you know what? My praise might look a little bit different. My worship might look a little bit different, but I thank God he is still in me. Uh, and, and I don't may not read and I might not pray like you pray. I might not stand before the church and be able to pray like you do. Father of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But I, I know how to get a prayer through too. Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. And what I'm trying to get us to understand is that in order for the church to really maximize its potential, I got to stop trying to make you me. The goal is for you to be you. The best you that God made you to be. Because your personality may not be mine. Your talent may not be mine. Your background may not be mine. You might not have an affluent anointing. You might have a hood anointing. Lord have mercy, I think somebody getting it now. And I just wish we had people that stopped trying to force me into a box that's trying to make me something that I'm not. Just let me live and let me walk with God. And so when you read the Bible, what you will discover is that God chose various kinds of people that all were not the same. He chose various kinds of people. Come here, John the Baptist. John the Baptist was eccentric. In other words, uh, in modern day analogies, he would be weird to some people. Because John the Baptist, the Bible tells us, is that he ate locusts and wild honey. That's right. And he had camel hair on his back. Now, anybody that's wearing camel hair in the summer, you know something ain't exactly right. But God used him. So if God can use somebody like that, why can't God use me? And the problem I'm trying to get us to understand is I just wish, I just need y'all to stop trying to think that you got to be like somebody else for God to use you. Because you may never be able to speak like somebody else. And it's okay. You might not ever be able to sing like somebody else. But it's okay because he said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So if you five keys off like me, sing your heart out and give God the glory anyhow. All right. I'm trying to get y'all to understand. What makes you you is the fact that God determined before you were born your personality. He determined before you were born the talents that you would have. He determined all these things before you were born. And then you were born into the context of a family, in a community, in a certain environment. And all of that has shaped you. And you bring that to God when you get saved. And then after you get saved, God then takes all of that and says, I can work with that. And I'm going to put some fruit in there. And I'm going to put some gifts in there so that I can use you for me. Because we got too many people trying to think that they got to measure up in the church stop it what are you trying to measure up to you got it already you trying to be like somebody else 
And the person you're trying to be like is like, child, if you only knew my story. You don't want to be like me. I'm just out here fronting trying to make sure I look good. If you really knew my story. And so this is what Paul is saying to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In verse number 4, 5, and 6, Minister Tabitha, there's a distinction that Paul is making in these three verses. There are two words that he uses consistently in these two verses. Different and same. It almost seems like opposites of each other. But hear me out. In verse 4, he says, there are different spiritual gifts, but it's the same spirit that empowers us all. In verse 5, there are different ways of service, but it is the same Lord. Verse 6, there are different, God works differently. But even in the differences, uh, it is the same God. Notice different gifts, verse 4. Different services, verse 5. Different works, verse 6. But same spirit, same Lord, same God. Which is this. Let me... Um, Give me one minute to get on my soapbox because I don't like to use the mic for personal things, but I, I got to say this. The one challenge that churches have that burns me up is we try to do cookie cutter ministry. Everybody got to look alike, act alike, sound alike. And if they don't look like what everybody thinks they should, they get the eye rolls. Mm. They get the arm folds. You may not ever speak it, but this is what you're saying in your mind. We don't do that here. But yet Paul tells us there are different spiritual gifts. <laughs> there are different ministries of service. God works in different ways. Hear me. You know what the challenge is of the church? Whatever doesn't fit our description, we normally dismiss it or shut it down. If it's uncomfortable to me, then my first reaction is, I don't like it. Well, help me understand. Last I checked, you ain't God. Which means we ain't got to fit your description. Because God is bigger than all of our descriptions. And since God made us all, God chooses how he wants to make us. Let me tell you something. You know why I like Fourth Sundays the best? I like Fourth Sundays the best because the Fourth Sundays, the youth and young adults bring a different kind of flow to the service. I was laughing doing praise and worship. You know why? Because they were singing their hearts out. And I was laughing because in my mind, I said, you know what? I bet you 40% of the people in here ain't never heard the songs they sang. And some of you in your mind was like, I can't get with this. Because they ain't singing your song. But let me help you understand. When I come into the house of God, if they singing about Jesus, Lord, I need about five people right here. Come on, Walter, help me out. If they singing about Jesus, if I know the words of the song or not, if I've never heard it or not, I got to give God praise because the praise is about Jesus, not about the song. 
and too many of you can't get with the Lord because it's got to fit your box it's got to fit your description it's got to fit your notion of what church is and they came up here and they sang their heart out and because you used to Luther Barnes and because you used to the Brooklyn Tavern and because you used to all the old school stuff they came up here and sang Maverick City and you didn't know who they were and you were sitting down the devil is a liar I will bless the Lord at all times whether I know the song or not his praise shall continually see that's your problem see the problem is you can't rock with God until you know everything so if they ain't singing your song you can't rock with God if you don't know the words, you ain't right. But is it the song or is it God that you came to see? Because if you come in for the song, you came for entertainment. But if you come in for God, you don't care what they sing up here. I'm going to run around here. I'm going to clap. I'm going to shout. Because when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. Matter of fact, even if they don't sing nothing and it's quiet up here, I can give God praise all by myself. Where the people at? They'll say, I don't need no organ. I don't need no keyboard. I don't need no praise. I just need to come in the house of the Lord and get some other people around me and let's have church all by ourselves. That's why I like Fourth Sundays. You know why? Because four Sundays be messing with y'all. Because you ain't going to hit no him on fourth Sunday. No, ain't going to be none of your stuff. Ain't going to be no at the cross on fourth Sunday. No, fourth Sunday is testing whether or not you really love God or are you up in here because you want your own musical playlist. You know why? Because Paul said there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, <laughs> but the same spirit. It's a different kind of ministry service, but it's the same Lord. It is God works in different ways, but it is the same God. So in other words, all roads point back to the same person, even though God uses us uniquely differently because of how we have been made. And I need you to get out of trying to be somebody else and get more into God. I accept how you made me to be. I was an extrovert before I got saved and I ain't going to shut my mouth after I got saved because God, you've been good to me. I need you to accept the fact if you like dancing before you got saved, come on up here and join ministry and arts and dance before the Lord after you got saved. Uh, so, so there it is. God's not trying to change the essence of who you are. He's trying to change your focus. He's trying to change your purpose. He's trying to change your purpose. He's going to use that. This is what gets me. Why then do we try to have amnesia when we get saved? You can't remember what you used to do. Why? Because maybe... God's going to call you to go back to the same people that he pulled you out of. But you can't understand now why somebody is going to the club. Since you got saved. But last I checked, you used to live at the club before you got saved. I'm going to leave that alone. Let me go ahead. Uh. <laughs> Had both hands stamped. <laughs> you come in church and you try not to get people to see that hand because you know you still got a little mark on it. So you want to give them a pound upside down because you don't want them to see the top. <laughs> what up, bro? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> and this is the funniest part. The funniest part 
is when you look across the room and you saw somebody you was with last night. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you walk up to him, don't tell nobody what we do as last night. So what is a spiritual gift? Because Paul says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. So here it is, y'all. A spiritual gift is, um, and this is a big term, and I'm using it, but I'll break it. It's the manifestation of the, of the Holy Spirit's power at work in your life. That's, that's what a gift is. Manifestation is nothing but a fancy word for, it's, it's the physical evidence it's the reality that we can see that God is moving in your life. And the gift helps you to know how to effectively work in the kingdom. So you have a spiritual gift, and I'll get to that in a minute, but a spiritual gift is simply this. It is the manifestation of God's power in your life. That when I see you using it, I have to say, man, that is God in you. That's what that is. So, let me give the Greek definition for it. There are two words for spiritual gifts uh, in the Greek. The first one is charisma. That's the common word for spiritual gift. And we use it all the time in our normal language. Charisma uh, or somebody that is charismatic is basically somebody that is able to inspire others. You are able to draw people to you and then inspire them to do something. That's somebody that we consider to be charismatic. But when you study uh, the word charisma in the Greek, this is the best part. This is going to blow your mind. Charisma means grace gift. Only two of y'all caught that. If you were with us on Wednesday in Bible study, we talked about the fact that grace is linked to kindness. So when God saved you, he saved you out of the kindness of his heart. But not only did he save you out of his kindness, but according to this definition, out of his kindness, he also gave you gifts. Now, who don't like gifts? <laughs> Most of us love to get a gift. So here's what I'm saying to you. Not only did God save you, and he didn't just save you to spare you from hell. He saved you and then out of his kindness said, I can still use you. <laughs> See, this is why y'all ought to get excited. Because the world will beat you down. And the world will have you believe you trash and you're nothing and you have nothing to offer. The devil is a liar. And it ain't got nothing to do with your past. He said at the moment of salvation, I know all the stuff you did before you came to me. And yet and still, I'm going to be kind to you and still put something in you that I can use in you. But you're still worried about the divorce. You're still worried about the abortion. You're still worried about the stuff that you did. And the enemy's got you looking at that. And God is saying, do you realize how much I love you? Do you realize how much I care for you? Not only am I sparing your life, but I'm giving you a new opportunity to see life differently. Because what I'm about to put in you is so powerful that it's going to give me glory as a result of what I'm putting into you. So what you have, God gave it to you by grace. Charisma. It ain't just the people who are able to stand and attract people. You got charisma. 
You have the ability to attract people for a particular season and a purpose, and the reason and the purpose is to point them to God. And the second word is pneumaticos. And anytime you see pneumo, uh, pneuma is spirit. Tikos is things, spiritual things, is the second definition of spiritual gift. Okay? So when we look at this, the first definition is the one that Paul is using in verses 4 through 7. There are, di there are different spiritual gifts, different levels of charisma. But it is the same spirit that is empowering us all. Hmm. I like that. I really like that. There are different kinds of service, but it is the same God, Lord. Verse 5, he's saying, now let me, let me break it down. So verse 4, you have gifts. Verse 5, there are ministries of which to use these gifts. Y'all understand? So the gift needs to be placed somewhere. You have different kinds of service. And by the way, y'all, the word service here is diakonos. It is where we get the term deacon. Deacons are servant leaders. If they're not serving first, they're not leading in the house of God properly. The greatest witness of a deacon is that you see them serving others. It says, verse 5, we have a variety of ministry service. In other words, like Ivy, there are many different places where you can serve. But all of the serving opportunities still point back to Jesus. So if you own the usher door, hospitality, culinary, sing a song, play an instrument, whatever area you are serving in, the ministry function is to point people back to Jesus. And in verse 6, there God works in different ways. Works. So works are the role that you play in the place that you have been set using the gift that you have been given. Can I say that again? Verse 6 is the place or the role that you play in the ministry that you've been set in using the gift that you have been given. Let me see if this makes sense. Sister Rita, can you stand up for me, please? I, I got to give Sister Rita Cherry a shout out. Sister Rita, Sister Rita, Sister Rita has a unique gift. Her gift is exhortation. She has the ability to encourage people. That's her gift. She has a talent to sing. But check this out. The work or the role or the place where she utilizes her gift the best is at funerals. Because she has a way of singing at funerals that can make the bereaved shout unto God. And she knows that because not only does she minister here at funerals, but she also ministers in the community at funerals. And every time she opens her mouth, she gives God glory and people are able to come and know. I wish somebody understood what I said. Y'all give Sister Rita a big clap off and a praise. So she has used her talent. She knows the role. I got to go in and help families in grieving moments. That's her ministry assignment. And her gift is to encourage people as she sings. She knows how to do it. Now, check this out. This is why variety and differences come in. Because a lot of y'all can sing, but y'all may not want to sing at a funeral. That ain't your space. You might be better singing here. 
for praise and worship or singing in a choir, but that's not your gift or your assignment is to sing in a funeral. And what I'm saying is all of you have a unique fingerprint, right? So all of you have a unique space of how God can use you, but it all points back to him for his glory. So let me tell you then why you have a spiritual gift. And verse seven tells us very plainly. It tells us very plainly why you have a spiritual gift. You have, uh, Bill, put the slide up so they can see it. Uh, you have a spiritual gift for three reasons. Three reasons. Number one, God gave you a spiritual gift because out of that gift and you using it properly, people should want to give God glory. If people are not giving God glory, if people aren't drawing closer to God, if people aren't moved by God as you use your gift, you ain't using it right. If people are looking at you and not God, then you've used the gift for selfish reasons. The gift is to point people back to God. And God gets the glory because he's been kind enough to use us with what he's given us. That's number one. Here's the, here's the next one. The second reason is, in verse 7, look at it, it says that the, the gifts have been given so that we can help each other. Lord, have mercy. There it is right there. I'm done. He gave us the spiritual gift so we can help each other. That's New Living Translation. In other words, you have been given a gift because God wants you to use it to help, to encourage, to uplift, to support each other. So watch this, y'all. Here's where I'm going to put the weight on you. When you don't come and somebody's in need and they're praying to God and God said the answer is your gift and you're not here, that person can't get what they need. Let me put it another way. Everybody don't get blessed by me preaching. Sometimes people get blessed when you're sitting next to somebody. And that person looks over and asks you, are you okay? Sometimes the blessing doesn't come from the stage. It comes from you. And so this has to change our mindset about how we think about church. I'm not coming to church to just receive. I'm coming to church because God has put something in me. He wants to use me in a way that might help somebody else. And if you only come to church to receive, you're selfish. And if you only come to church to get what you want, you're selfish. And if you want to come to church because you want them to sing your song and do your stuff, you're selfish. You got something in you that I need. Somebody on your road needs. Somebody behind you needs. And that's what the gift is for. And the last one is, the third reason why you have a spiritual gift, number one is to give God glory. Number two is to help build the church, which is the body of believers. And the third reason is so that unbelievers can see God at work in your life. This is what happened in Acts chapter 2. In Acts 2, the Bible says, on the day of Pentecost, they began to speak in other languages. We call it tongues. It was other languages supernaturally. The people looked around and said, how are these people able to speak in our language? They're giving God praise in our language. They don't even know our language. And Peter got up and spoke and said, we ain't drunk up in here. It's nine in the morning. It is a man named Jesus that allowed us to do this. And 3,000 souls got saved. Why? Because the world saw what can happen. When the people of God are serious about you being used by God and giving God glory and honor that the world will see. Oh, they ain't playing no games. See, that's the kind of church I wanted to have. They, you might not like what we have to say or not say, but at least they can say they, they on fire for God. They ain't playing no games. They doing what God has called for them to do. Now, here's my last one and I'm done. How many gifts, people may ask, how many gifts do I have then? How many gifts do I have, Pastor? My answer to you is at least one. 
you have at least one. Let me tell you about it. You didn't determine it. The Holy Spirit determined it. The Holy Spirit determined which gift you got. And the Holy Spirit also determined how much of the gift you got. Two people can have the same gift, but they may not have the same amount. Y'all understand? So it's your job to find out what gift you have and it's your job to exercise it to the level that you've been given. And when that happens, God gets the glory. Now, starting next week, starting next week, we're going to actually walk through the spiritual gifts that are listed. There are nine that's listed in 1 Corinthians 12. There are gifts in other places. Um, there are probably about 20, 21, depending on how you count them, in Scripture. We're going to walk through each one. So you can see what you have or may not have and where you fit may not fit. But that's the plan where we're going. All right? Rem Person. Come on, man. Tell us what some opportunities are for ministry. All right. Good morning, fam. Hey, wasn't that a powerful word? Amen. Amen. And I, and I want to go on record. I was brought up on at the cross, but I'm still cool with Maverick City too. Amen. Amen. <laughs> at the cross. Okay, let me get back to the thing. Okay. Hey, so last week we spoke, uh, we talked about uh, the production uh, uh, ministry led by Brother Bill Austin. And I'm going to just tell you, man, response was, was better than what I thought. Amen. Amen. Now, that, that don't mean we, we fool. So if you still got that burn, contact me or Brother Bill, B. Olson at ivybaptistchurch.org. But I want to shout out. A brother contacted uh, a Bill this week, said, hey, I want to get connected, be a part of the ministry. That brother beat me here to church this morning. Brother Tony Simmons is up in the booth right now. He was, on, he was on the floor this morning. He's up in the booth, but we want to shout him out. That He said the word that pastor preached, this little segment here that, that I did last week, God spoke to his heart, and he, he acted on ministry. So we thank God for that, as well as many others have spoken to Bill and I this week about that. But today we want to speak about our, our youth. I have my young brother here, and I really say my young brother because he's he young enough to be my son. I got sure in his age, as old folks would say. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, uh, Brother Meach doing an outstanding job, him and the team. Amen. Amen. With, with our youth. And I know people say, man, I just saw the video. They up in Kilmarnock. They going camping. They doing this. They must got everything they need to make that happen. Well, I'm going to tell you, working closer with him and the team, they need some more help. So I'm just going to ask a couple of questions to Brother Meach. Tell us uh, all the different components under the uh, ministries, under the youth, de youth department, and where you see you need help at and how they can get in contact with you. Okay. Well, we kind of have three branches of 116 in a sense. Um, starting with the first, Ivy Angels, um, and that's from walking to four years old. Um, they are definitely in need of volunteers to help. Um, now, mind you, there's some of y'all who have children, and since your baby not down here crying, I mean, somebody up there watching them and taking care of them. Um, and we need more people to help with that. So that way the worship service, some people can worship freely um, and not have to worry about their child. So if you are willing to work with young people, we need about three or four on Sunday. So that way we can rotate and some of the leaders can come down here and worship as well. We don't want to, you know, burn out the same people that are working with the kids and crying babies. We want them to come worship as well. So we do need more people that are willing to help with those young kids. And once again, that is walking to four years old, um, potty train preferred. Um, we also have the elementary group, um, which is, you know, all of those who are in elementary grade school. Um, and Miss Linda and Miss Laverne are doing an amazing job. Um, but those ladies as well need some help. Um, if you got energy, um, if you got some creative ideas or things of that nature, those young people are definitely um, in need of some more leaders. And we need some more men. 
I'm going to say that again. We need some more men to step up because them ladies be um, outnumbering me. So we do need some help with that. Um, but especially for the elementary, man. And if you would have seen some of those kids at the camping trip being able to be up under men camping and fishing and tubing, they, they're looking for it. They're looking for it. So even if you just have a heart, you don't have to know everything, but just have a heart for those young kids. A lot of those young brothers and young sisters um, are looking for somebody. I mean, as well as the older for middle and high school, um, those are uh, pride and joy with them kids. Um, but we also need some help and assistance with them too. Um, the team that, that is under me is doing an amazing, phenomenal job. Like I really couldn't just imagine doing this without them. Um, but we definitely need some more help, some more volunteers, some chaperones just for events. Um, if you want to just go out with events for us, we could definitely use that. Some van drivers. Um, if you want to teach a Bible study, you know, as long as you come in the right way, we need, we need that as well. Um, some people that are literally just be there to stand in the gap. Um, if you want to serve some of our 116 Sundays or if you just want to help volunteer on occasions, we definitely need that. Um, and some of y'all are here. Um, and you know you want to work with young people. Do me a favor. Don't outthink yourself in doing it. Like, don't overthink it and try to figure out a way why it shouldn't be you. It should be you. Um, you were called and chosen as well to do so. So we definitely need you for those aspects. So those are the three branches, really, at 116. Amen. Thank you, Meech. And um, also, I know, uh, just like on today, we had uh, our Beans of Hope. And I know Sister Terry Taylor uh, leads that. Uh, talk to us about that a little bit and how we can get more youth involved in, in that part of the ministry. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, now, one, we do need, you know, leaders, um, but we also need some more kids, too. And now, listen, if y'all look around this room, there are a lot, a lot. And I know some of y'all parents then dedicated y'all babies when they were like two months. So time to go ahead and bring them on back now. That dedication is <laughs> it's time to actually get them in here. Like, that was cute. Y'all got y'all pictures, but now it's time to actually put them back to work. Um, and even if they're not comfortable, it's okay. We understand that. Um, but encourage them to do so because if they can do it out there, they can definitely do it in here. Um, Beams of Hope today had three young people and they sung their hearts out. They need some people standing behind them and standing with them for sure. Um, even to the point to get into the choir. Listen, and I'm firsthand experience. You ain't got to know them notes. If you loud, your voice going to pick in with everybody else. It's going to sound amazing. All kids, they scream and it sounds like they're in harmony. So mind you, we do need young people. Um, to serve God and if you really like just being willing to give them back to God in service I'm telling you you're gonna see God moving their lives different like some of the young kids that are taking a stand now and being bold in their faith they were made to sing in the choir they were made to do certain things but you you get to know God while you're doing service for him even if you don't realize you're up under the faith and up under other leaders and that's how we really grow our faith especially young so we really want to fill that beams of hope we want to get our youth choir back up like really flooded we have way too many kids that can do some amazing things for God so if you're willing to send them we got plenty of things that they can do miming praise dance and all of that we we got we got ministry for them as well amen thank you brother Meech. and let me let me say this to you um this is one of these ministries where uh, you can work on Sunday morning. As Pastor said, some people want to get involved on Sunday because that works best with you. This is a great opportunity working with uh, Ivy Angels, uh, our youth department, even the Beans of Hope that you can serve on Sunday morning. Also, we do take uh, working with our youth very seriously here. Everybody who works with our youth have to have a background check. So I want you to know that, that you know, don't just show up and say, today I want to work with you. We got to check you out. All right? <laughs> and, and you get, just like you go to the doctor and get that yearly checkup, we got to check you out every year too. Make sure ain't nothing happening. Amen. Praise God. But Amen. no. Thank you, Brother Meech, and uh, please let them know how they can get in contact with you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, if you want to send an email um, at dbailey um, at ivybaptistchurch.org, um, or you can text me. I believe my number is on the screen. It might be, might not. Okay, cool. Don't text me. Um, <laughs> but we are going to have an interest meeting this Tuesday on Zoom. Um, Zoom ID 757 244 5003. Once again, an interest meeting. No matter what your gifts are, no matter what you're good at, no matter what you're unsure of, if you got a heart for it, we, we have a spot for you. This is a big team and there's a lot of work to be done. So please show up, log on. We're going to send out a little text in the app to remind you. But this Tuesday, we'll be speaking with you guys at 7 o'clock. Amen. All right. Thank you very much. Back to you, Pastor. All right. Come on. Let's give them a clap off and a praise. All right. Differences of, of gifts, same spirit. Pray that you will exercise that. For those who want to receive Christ, 
partner with us in ministry. We'll be here after the service. If you're watching online and you want to accept Christ, you can text the at sign, join Ivy. Send that to 81010. Somebody's standing by. Let's all stand, please. Let's say goodbye to our online family. I got you. Online family, thank you. One final announcement for the women's ministry. There were some extra t-shirts uh, that are...